Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marcus Raper. What's going on? Not much, man. I got to get me another office chair, man. This thing squeaks every single time that I move. Yeah, that's I was sitting on the on the bench of my kitchen table last week, and every time I moved it, it was making rackets. <laughs> like I'm always afraid I'm end up waking my kids up since we record it not. Yeah. Uh, so what's been going on this week, man? Oh uh, man, nothing much. Trying to get done with work. Uh, we're gonna try to try to finish up tomorrow by dinner, and uh, you know take off a little early. I got a Thanksgiving dinner in the morning or in the morning tomorrow night, and then I uh, got another one Thursday morning. And, uh, you know, just eat and get fat and then sit around Thanksgiving night and get ready for the Egg Bowl. Yeah, man, I think uh, Egg Bowl may be the only game worth watching Thursday out of all them NFL games. Yeah. Uh, man, I know, like, the Bills and Saints game, it's, I, might, I might watch it, but that's going to be, be the night game, too, that I want it. Yeah, I've got – I think I've got fantasy players in every game, like leagues that I'm can- – you know, contending to get in the playoffs. And uh, so I'll watch, you know, every one of them, but only only from a fantasy perspective. So you, you said you're in six leagues, right? Yes. Seven, actually. I'm in six regular leagues, and then I got in a uh, fan duel best ball league. Oh, cool. All right, so and let I'm, me ask you this. Uh, out of the seven leagues, how many of them are you making playoffs in right now? Uh, I'm in contention for – five out of five out of six well if you the fan duel i'm in fourth place in it and then i'm you know i can't the only one i'm out i got in the league uh i got in the league with a bunch of guys from delmars yeah and uh i actually they scheduled the draft and pushed it back a week and i ended up i had a final week of points race in a in a disc golf league so I had to be there. I ended up winning 50 bucks, uh, winning the points race. So I drafted my fantasy team as I was walking around playing disc golf. And I've got a real good team. Uh, I think I'm, I think I've got like four wins in it and I'm two, two wins out of the playoffs. So I mean, there's even a possibility I could, I could get in it, but, uh, there's only like one or two leagues that I'm really just dominating that I know I'm in the playoffs and the other three, I'm, right on the you know right on the brink of i could make it and i could not which is not really where you want to be in a dynasty league uh, because mm-hmm. if you know if you miss the playoffs but you're the you know sixth best team or seventh best team then you know you ain't getting a good draft pick and you ain't making the playoffs so yeah that's kind of where i'm at i got i'm in nine leagues right now and i want to say five of them six of them i'm on the verge of making playoffs so i like to say for instance there's the top six teams make playoffs. I'm chilling right there around like six, seven, eight, nine. And yeah. so the next couple of weeks are going to be crucial as far as like, depending on who wins and who loses, but I'm at the point where these next couple of weeks, I can't make any mistakes. Yeah. Uh, like your, your money league, for an example, uh, I was four and mm-hmm. six last week, had a surprise victory against you, made it five and six. And then I've got to have one or two more teams, like just lose out. And there's a chance I can end up making I can end up making playoffs in that league and doing okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think you got I'm a, you got a good team in that league, no doubt. I think the only league that I'm 
actually sit in the top of the standings is our Autism Center League uh, that I started this past year with a bunch of newbies. Uh, me and our supervisor are sitting atop of it. And then uh, the Legion of Doom, I think I'm number two seed right now. And so yeah. outside of that, man, it's it sucks whatever you're trying to make that playoff push. Yeah. That's like that's like in you know, in our league I'm sitting in seventh place and uh the which there's like four of us, I think, with five wins right there on the verge. But I play Greg this week and of course he's, you know, having his best best couple weeks uh with Jonathan Taylor going off, so I think he's projected to beat me by 30, which anything can happen. But more than likely, I'm going to lose this week, and then I'll have to win out uh, the last two weeks to make playoffs. Man, it's always stressful. All right, so talking about fantasy football real quick, Marcus, I wanted to make a mention of this before we get jumping into the episode. Uh, when we look at fantasy football platforms, okay, so like throw Dynasty in there and throw Redraft in there. Uh, you look at platforms such as ESPN, Yahoo, NFL, uh sleeper my fantasy league uh all of those if you throw all those into a pot give me a quick rundown of what you think some pros and cons are to the top top apps well what's your favorite to use as well yeah the one the ones i've been in of course uh before dynasty uh, getting introduced to it uh we actually started uh a couple years ago we actually drafted in the flea flicker app and uh quickly (laughs) got away from it I think we moved over to to Sleeper, of course. The first year of Sleeper was kind of tough, uh, but it's it's grew on me. I would say Sleeper right now is probably uh, probably my favorite favorite app. And uh, last year when we we said we was going to keep it in Sleeper, I was like, man, I, I it still wasn't all the way. But they've worked the kinks out over this last year, and of course, Sleeper's free. Uh, I like the trades. I like the notifications. I like that you don't have to have a group me or a text on the side that the, the chat and sleepers pretty good. You got the gifs, of course, uh, you know, with us talking junk through, through our wrestlers with gifs safe. Uh, one thing that sleeper could do better. They need more sting. You know, of course I'm stingers flash. They need more sting gifs. Like I think they've got a million different with, if, and Derek, they need some more for mankind. Cause he uses the same one every week. Dude, they need to make it to a point where those gifts don't take 30 minutes to load. Man, this morning I finally I'm I'm on I was on a five game losing streak, I think. May have been a six. Anyways, no, it was a five, but I I, I you know won, so I got to send in my my thing this morning and it I it, I know it took 10 minutes for it to load and, and for me to hit the button and for it to go through. But uh of course I like sleeper. I've always been a fan of ESPN, uh, but they're they're getting left in the dust because they won't go dynasty. Uh, you you know everybody's going dynasty, so ESPN if they don't switch pretty quick, uh, you know they're going to be left in the dust. Actually, we've got a our longest standing league. I think has been running since 2012 is on ESPN, and as soon as they make it where we can relocate it uh, to to sleeper and not lose all of our league history. Uh, it's probably going to go there, but, uh, hadn't played Yahoo in a while. Uh, I used to like it. Uh, but of course I don't know about their dynasty NFL. I've never used it at all. Uh, the, my fantasy league, that was the first year that I've done it. And I think it's great. Probably if you've been using it, got a bunch of dynasty leagues in it. Uh, but it's more of a, you know, a desktop or a laptop platform. The app sucks. Uh, I don't like it, and I'm on my phone all day on Sundays. I never really get on my laptop during, you know, Sunday matchups. So, uh, and it costs. Uh, 
I think it's uh, I don't know what the fee is. There's there's another one that uh, is the NFL Dynasty. That's like forty forty dollars a year, and that's I think I, my fantasy league's a little cheaper. But anyways, uh, I right now I'm in a ESPN. I've got three in it, one in my fantasy league, and two in sleeper. Uh, and if I can move them all to sleeper, that's that's probably what I'd do. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. I'm in I'm in three ESPNs, one NFL app. Uh, a ton of sleeper and something. I'm in five sleepers plus a fantasy basketball and sleeper, and then um, one my fantasy league. The my fantasy league, I don't mind it. Uh, it's one of those to where, like you said, if you got a desktop and stuff, it's cool. Uh, and like I know a lot of people, like Steven makes the comment about like uh, customization and stuff like that. Like the customization stuff, it is neat. Uh, it just oh, yeah. kind of depends on how much time you spend into it and can yeah. customize all that and know how to do it actually, too. That's uh, like the the Yellowstone League. It's it's set up like I hadn't been on it in a desktop for for a while, but when I first got on there, uh, the way he's got the banner set mm-hmm. up, and of course, I mean it, it it's pretty sharp. It reminds me of MySpace back in the day. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what it reminds me of too. Yeah. Uh, and then you have NFL app. I use it some with a free league that my cousin started that my wife's actually in, and I don't mind that app. It's okay. Uh, the only thing that I really like about it though, is that you can actually watch the local games for free. And so no matter if it's Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, uh, Sunday during the day, whatever, whatever game is on your CBS, NBC, whatever it is, then you can actually watch that game for free on that app. And so yeah. for instance, if you're ever out and about in town, if you're waiting on your, your spouse to try on clothes or whatever it is, then you can just turn that game sideways and actually watch a little bit of it. Uh, if, so if you have to uh, go eat Sunday dinner after church instead of coming home and watching it. Yeah, so you just okay. pop it up on the table. <laughs> so uh, I like it, though. The the one that's kind of growing on me the most is, like you said, Sleeper. Uh, yeah. The reason I like it, though, honestly, is just the improvements that they've made. Um, they seem to be one that actually listens to the people that, that comment on it, that tell them the, the issues and stuff like that. And they, they make adjustments really, really quick. Uh, like what you said, we started whenever sleeper was first introduced back. What was it? Four years ago. And yeah. to see the growth that they've made in four years, it's been crazy. Well, and, no, nobody can say like, as far as notifications from, uh, like a league perspective, like NFL notifications, uh, I, I don't know that anybody gets through faster than sleeper. Uh, I mean, as far as just like injuries or, you know, something in practice or, you know, when all that went on with Ridley and, you know, sleeper is on the ball. Like you get the, you get notification from them, uh, you know, before Schefter's tweeting it. I mean, it's yeah. they're they're quick. Yeah, the only the only app that I found that delivers news quicker, which I don't even want to say this on the podcast, so I want somebody to go out there and download it and get an edge on me. But uh, Fantasy Life, I think it's by Matthew Berry's uh, people. Uh, oh, Fantasy yeah. Fantasy Life, they have like I guess a person on Twitter twenty four seven, and as really? soon as somebody tweets important news, whether it's a beat writer or whatever, they automatically send you the notification. That and, that must be the one Adam uses. The reason he's picking everybody up before uh, before, probably. before I, I get know. the notification, <laughs> I'll get the notification and I'll go to Sleeper because that's where I go to to look. Even like if if I'm in ESPN and and thinking about starting somebody, I'll go over to Sleeper and compare the players because they've got like the snap counts and everything, you know, mm-hmm. sleeper in their, in their info. But when I get a notification, I'll jump on sleeper. Like, let me go see if I can pick this guy up. And of course it says trade because they're already rostered and it's on Adam's roster. Oh man. All right. So Marcus, I'll let you make this little small announcement real quick to the listeners. 
Uh, we're actually uh, actually talking with a guy here local, getting uh, getting some shirt designs uh, together. Uh, we're gonna try to do long sleeve for the winter time, and we've already, you know, if you're in our in our dynasty app, we've already kind of announced it. I uh, don't know exactly on price yet. Gonna try to keep it, you know, somewhere between 18, 20 bucks. Uh, but if you wanna you wanna help us out, we're not gonna we're you know not gonna make any money off these. Uh, we're just trying to get our name out there. Uh, so you can get with us. Uh, I think BJ BJ's pretty active on Twitter uh, through the through the show, and uh, you can get with us on Facebook or just get with me or BJ personally if you'd like to order one of these. Uh, we're gonna get the design uh, hopefully after Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll kind of know what's going on, what it's gonna look like, what colors, and uh, for sure we'll get you a price. Uh, and you can PayPal, uh, Venmo, something like that. Me or BJ get them ordered, and then if you're local, we'll we'll work on getting those delivered. Uh, but it's just a way to kind of help us out, you know, wearing a shirt. People's going to ask what is that, and uh, kind of get our podcast out there. So, yeah, and that's like right now, man. We're not making any profits off of it. Uh, if you order a shirt, you are literally getting it at what it's going to cost us. Uh, as far as in the future and stuff like that, we may end up trying to bump it up a little bit, uh, after a year or two, something like that, just so we can get some better equipment, uh, some microphones, stuff like that. But as of right now, we're just gonna keep it the same as we're starting this off. Uh, this is mostly for the Legion of Doom members and things. So we're just going to kind of keep it cheap for now. In today's episode, we'll have a review of our week 11 must start, must sits our week 12 start instead of the week. And then we'll have our Legion of Doom Week 11 matchup recap. After that, we'll welcome in a special guest, someone close to Marcus. And then we have a fun segment about a Super Bowl champion draft. So what we'll basically be doing is a little fun draft of Super Bowl, who we think are going to be the potential Super Bowl champion. There's a little side wager going on there, too. Uh, but Marcus, let's review this must-start, must-sit, man. Who would you choose for your must-start last week and how did it turn out? Well, it's... Uh kind of back to back to normal uh i tell you to start somebody and they they don't just lay an egg but they uh just put up a mediocre performance i told you to start damon harris if he was healthy uh he end up seven points on 10 carries 56 yards one catch uh harrison stevenson was both healthy and they split carries uh, so harris wasn't going to be a great start for you he only seen a 39 snap count uh, all this was in part to do that the Pats completely demolished the Falcons uh, and the Patriots. Uh, they're back in first place in their division. So going forward in competitive games, I look for Harris to get the work. But then again, uh, who knows? Uh, because Bill Belichick likes to play musical chairs with the backfield. So, Yeah, man, he's one of the – I like Damian Harris a lot, and I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, somebody I've been watching for years and years and years uh, coming from Alabama. Uh, but man, he had one of the hardest or the hottest starts in fantasy this year. Uh, was one he of those did. people that one of those running backs you drafted late. He was actually giving you RB two numbers on a weekly basis. Uh, but he has fallen off the past couple of weeks because of Ramondre Stevenson in that offense. Uh, but they're still first in their division, so it's working out for him. All right, so I told you guys last week to start Tony Pollard. I thought he was a good flex option in week eleven. Uh, I actually figured the Kansas City-Dallas game would be a shootout. Turns out I was wrong. Uh, however, Pollard did exactly what you needed him to. Despite the offense struggling throughout the game, uh, he actually ended the game with nine fantasy points with 50 yards rushing and two catches for 20 yards. Uh, Pollard actually ends up still being one of the best handcuffs in the league right now 
and he is a decent flex play on a weekly basis. Uh, he's somebody to where if you if you have a Michael Carter who's dealing with an ankle sprain right now, um, if you have a running back that you think um, you know is missing some time and stuff like that, you can throw a Tony Pollard in there and get you eight nine points easy. Uh, That's when Zeke Zeke went down. Uh, I think he rolled his ankle, but he come back. I said, "Uh oh." I said, BJ's uh, must starts fisting a hit. They're going to wear Pollard out the rest of the game. And then Zeke come trotting back on the field. I'm like, well, sorry, BJ. I know. I got that notification. And I was like, yes, Tony Pollard to the moon. (laughs) Uh, Just an honorable mention real quick. Mitchell last week, our special guest, he said to start J.D. McKissick. Uh, He had six fancy points with 46 yards rushing and one catch for four yards. I think uh, Washington actually ended up winning that game. But their offense kind of struggled all throughout that game. Well, and they they uh, they went away from McKissick and and threw I don't remember how many passes it was, uh, but uh, Gibson Gibson had several several uh, targets in that game. So that's the first time they've done that. Most of the time, McKissick's the the passing back all the way, uh, but yeah, they man. give they give uh, they give him some looks this week. And Taylor Heineke didn't look that bad either. Uh, yeah. So who was your must sit last week? Well, I told you to sit a uh, Chase Claypool and. Of course, I have Claypool in our Legion of Doom, and I didn't listen to my own advice. Uh, Claypool went five of nine for 93 yards uh, and had a decent fantasy day. Uh, He looks to be healthy again, which I didn't think he was. Uh, And Big Ben is slinging the ball all over the field. And the the Steelers actually attempted to come back Sunday night against the Chargers. Uh, But for the most part, the Steelers be playing from behind. The majority of their games, they got a tough schedule going forward. Uh, this will actually be a plus uh, for your Steeler, uh, you know, they're passing uh, uh, fantasy players. Uh, you know, if you got Friermuth or uh, Claypool, which is, you know, going to be going to be next in line to uh, to Johnson, uh, they're they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be getting the ball a lot going forward. So uh, I think uh, I think the Steelers wideouts are going to be uh, a good fantasy play. Yeah, and even Najee Harris, man. Uh, when oh ben, yeah, when Ben gets pressured, he throws the ball to Najee Harris a pretty good bit. Uh, Check down. Yep. So for my must sit last week, uh, all I'm going to say is surprise, surprise. The Jaguars' offense continues to struggle. Uh, I told you guys to sit Lavisca Chenault against the surging 49ers defense, and he busted. He ended the game with five catches for 50 yards, which actually ain't that bad of a day. But he also had a fumble, which only gave him seven fantasy points in the outing. Chenault is still one of the most underutilized weapons in the NFL. Dude has crazy talent and potential, yet he has to sit there while he's playing against the 49ers and watch Debo Samuel get to work in San Francisco that he wishes he could be getting in Jacksonville. Uh, The only thing that may help him going forward is they actually lost Jamal Agnew to a season-ending injury. And so Chenault may get a bump here, but the way that offense is playing, I don't want any peace in it. They're they're even talking about him, uh, you know, taking that Agni role, getting some getting some touches out of the backfield. And if they if that happens, uh, Chenault could, you know, he should be a big push going forward into the fantasy playoffs. And I hope so. I was high on him in the offseason. season. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell told you guys to sit the Bills running backs last week against Indianapolis. Uh, so actually, Matt Breida put up seven fantasy points. Devin Singletary put up seven fantasy points, and Zach Moss put up a whopping point five fantasy points. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that we can learn from this is they all combined for eleven carries for seventy three yards. Uh, that's not great, but it's not terrible either. Uh, if you started any one of those three options, I'm pretty sure you're disappointed in the in the outing. <laughs> and so, good call, Mitchell. 
All right, so Marcus, when we're looking forward to week 12 this coming up week with Thanksgiving week, who is your must start? I, I think I've got one here. Uh, of course, it'll probably come back to to bite me. Uh, but Amari Cooper's out. Uh, pretty sure they said he was out for sure because he wasn't vaccinated. There's no way for him to make it back for Thursday night. I did see uh, just a little bit ago where they said Lamb may be trending in the right direction to play. Uh, but they wasn't sure. Uh, I think if if Lamb plays, I think you still got to start with Gallup. And if Lamb sits, I think you can go Gallup and Cedric Wilson uh, with both of those. If both of those get sidelined, uh, Dak is you know he's going to target Gallup and Wilson heavy. Uh, you know, it'll be a Thanksgiving day, and I look for one of those receivers to take home the famous Turkey Leg Award. Uh, Dallas faces a decent Raiders pass defense, uh, but I know Dak is uh, he's going to try to show out in prime time. So I think you can start one of those, uh, you know, one of those Cowboys receivers and uh, end up with a good good day for fantasy. I actually traded for one of those guys, so let's hope let's hope you know that me picking him as a must start and probably going to start him this week. He'll probably put up two points. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. Uh, honestly, somebody has to catch passes from that Prescott in that Thanksgiving game. Uh, yeah. Honestly, it may end up being one of those receivers or it may be Dalton Schultz. And so we'll kind of see how that game plays out. Uh, so for my must start this week, I know that all the hype is on Elijah Mitchell right now. Uh, and obviously, we'll talk about him here in a little bit. But I'm going to go with another rookie who I can't talk about enough here lately. And that is Rashad Bateman. This dude is quickly ascended to a reliable flex play each and every week. Uh, I know that this past week he only had five points and he let down a pretty good bit of the people that played him. But also his quarterback was out for a, an illness. So you can't really blame him much there. But the Ravens played Cleveland's defense this week. And I look for Bateman to produce a solid 10-plus points in the matchup. And honestly, he may end up getting his first touchdown against a division rival. And so if I've got Bateman, I'm throwing him out there in my flex. If you got the Bateman Elijah Moore duo there, I'm absolutely rolling both of them out this week. Yeah, we can we can go ahead and say this is one of the best wide receiver draft classes, man, in the last several years. You got, you know, you've got Chase and Waddle and uh, uh, Smith up at the, up at the top of that, and then like you said, you got Bateman, you got Tony, you've got. Uh, uh, is it Rondell Moore? Yeah. And then you've got Elijah Moore, who has took over that number. I mean, this, you know, you've got six, eight guys that are, you know, leading their team in receptions and yards right now. So uh was a great, great, great draft class of wide receivers this past yeah, it's year. It's honestly looking like that twenty twenty running back class. Uh yeah. I, I haven't seen I've been playing Dynasty for four years, almost five. And I haven't seen a wide receiver class like this wide receiver class. Uh, you obviously mm-hmm. had the Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb class. I think that was yeah. last year. Uh, that was a good class. And honestly, they had a lot of good wide receivers in it. But it was very, very top-heavy. Uh, this this wide receiver class this past year, I don't think anybody really saw the production coming. And so it was a real, it was a real nice surprise for somebody who had multiple first-round picks last year. Yeah. Uh, so who, sure. who's your must-sit this week, Marcus? Well, uh, this comes as a surprise uh, because I actually tried to trade for him in our league uh, Sunday night before their game Monday. Uh, if you look at my team, I need receivers bad. Uh, I was already thin, and with Robert Woods going out, I tried to make a trade, and he laid an egg Monday night, so I'm kind of glad I didn't trade for him. But, man, Kenny Galladay, uh, he just don't look healthy, uh, and Tony is the man. 
uh, with the Giants right now. Uh, Daniel Jones had he had twelve targets. Uh, Slayton had seven. Barkley had six, and Kenny Galladay only had two targets. Uh, you got Shepard uh, looking to return soon. So if if uh, I don't know if he'll make it back this week, uh, but Kenny G's falling down the the pecking order, and I don't have the fancy uh, Kenny G music to play, but uh, I'm gonna set Kenny G uh, for this week. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it's tough for me because I've I've only drafted him in one league and I actually traded for him in another league. Uh but man, Kenny Galladay, he's he's got the potential out of out of this world, you know. You saw what he did in Detroit with Stafford. Uh but man, he just ain't clicking in New York. They paid him that money to come there. I think it was one of the highest paid offseason acquisitions for a receiver. But man, it just ain't fitting. Uh did you see where Jason Garrett got fired today? I did, and I think, man, that's the greatest thing. I've never liked the Cowboys. I don't like Jason Garrett. Uh, I read a thing as soon as it, it may have come through on Sleeper as soon as he got fired, and somebody said he's he's right now he's standing there clapping, yeah, <laughs> like that. That's it. I mean, somebody just broke their leg on the field and he'd be standing over clapping. I just I think uh, I think that's a good a good uh, decision for for New York. Uh, which I'll be honest, and I know uh, probably hadn't voiced it on this podcast as much, uh, but I'm a I'm an Eli fan. And I think they pushed Eli out the door for Daniel Jones, and he's not the answer in New York. They've got to go out and get a quarterback. Yep, and I think uh, honestly this sounds terrible to say, but as an Alabama fan, I can guarantee you what's already happening is that Nick Saban is probably already on the phone to Jason Garrett. Trying mm-hmm. to get him as an offensive coordinator next year and push Bill O'Brien out the door, and so you know, uh, I, I, as one thing that you can bank on, and that is Alabama taking coaches that kind of suck and getting them a little resurgence. Yeah. Uh, but my must sit this week. Uh, I know it's tough to sit a starting running back when there's hardly any left to start, but I'm sitting Miles Gaskin this week, and it's not just because it's an even numbered week, Marcus. <laughs> And now let me let me say this real quick. Other people in the fantasy community are starting to take note of this because I saw like five tweets on it the past week. Uh, but he faces a tough Carolina defense, and I honestly see Carolina coming out and scoring quickly with Cam Newton's uh, recent resurgence. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he's going to give you around seven fantasy points this week, and you're going to be disappointed that your RB2 barely produced anything. And so if you got Gaskin, I would probably be looking elsewhere for somebody else. Um, I don't even know who to recommend because it's so slim pickings out there. Uh, But I want to stop after this must start, must sit, and I want to take time to thank our listeners, man. I say it each and every week, but this podcast is is – thriving because of you guys i know we don't have just the the highest numbers and stuff like that but honestly we don't need it uh i also want to thank plowboy radio podcast you guys continuously shout us out just about every week and y'all always bring up stuff that we're doing and stuff like that Uh, i know we got a special announcement coming soon on one of their podcasts so you guys pay attention to that be listening up uh so shout out to uh, Derek, bradley and ben over there uh you guys your podcast is awesome and i enjoy listening to it every week uh, also, I want to thank Jab Step Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, our friend Ben over there is somebody that I know for a fact knows more about NBA than anybody else I know personally. And so if you guys care about basketball, the NBA, fantasy basketball, go check them out. Give them a listen. Uh, Marcus, you got anything else before we roll into this uh, Legion of Doom matchup recap? 
man, just uh, like you said, just to repeat it, uh, check the, the plow boy out and the jab step. And, uh, and thank y'all uh, for listening. Uh, you mentioned basketball. I watch uh, Ole Miss play college, and that's it. I used to watch pros, uh, but I've, I've kind of stepped away from it. I'm a Lakers fan. LeBron's caused me to, to hate my favorite basketball team. So, uh, but, but speaking basketball, did you see the, the deal with LeBron? And I don't even know the other guy's name. I just know he elbowed him in the eye. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that was, that's the first basketball I've watched all year, but it was, it was definitely interesting. Yeah. The, the Detroit started coming out in that man. Uh, yeah. I if, they had let, if they had let him go, I'm going to say LeBron, uh, LeBron would have been sorry. All right. Look, I got a hot take real quick. All right. And I know everybody's like, man, LeBron's a wuss and all this kind of stuff, but I don't know that. Oh boy. Was like, look, that guy was face to face with LeBron, right? He was all up in his grill and he didn't do nothing until so people, until people got in back. there and started holding him back. And then it was like Stone Cold Steve Austin broke out of backstage and was going and just unleashing heck on everybody. So yeah. my my take is if dude wanted to fight, dude had the chance. My you know? my take is with any sport, I mean, let it let it be like hockey. Let them fight for a couple <laughs> minutes, you know. I mean, basketball, let them box. Uh, you know, football, they got helmets on. Let them fight. Oh, you man. Know? So they, they – uh, ins- let, let them go at it for, you know, a minute or two and – they uh they escorted old dude out the building, and did you see where he ended up running down the tunnel? And so he he actually left the building, ran down the hallway, and was attempting to get back onto the court from the other the other locker room side. And there's a video of Carmelo Anthony standing there waiting on him, and Carmelo Anthony's just like he ain't coming over here, guys. Like don't don't even worry about it. He ain't making his way this way. <laughs> I didn't see that. I've watched probably, I don't know, a minute of it, maybe two minutes. I don't know. And I was like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who's not really that big of an NBA fan, that was the most interesting video that I've seen from the NBA all year. It definitely got the viewers up for the NBA. They'll be watching. I guarantee you when the Lakers and the and Detroit play again, I don't know if they do, but if they do this year, it'll be the highest viewed basketball game of the of the year. Oh, yeah. All right. So jumping into our week 11. Is that right? Week 11? Week 11 Legion of Doom matchup recap. Uh, Our home Dicey League Legion of Doom is made up of a variety of people. Um, We basically have close friends in here. We have pastors, deacons, uh, brothers-in-laws, father-son duo. Pretty much we got it all. Uh, We all got together to play in a 10-team, one-quarterback PPR Dynasty League that started back in January of last year. So each week we'll recap our matchups in a brief format. That will still be enjoyable for the average listener, so don't skip this portion. We're going to be talking about players a lot. We'll talk studs and duds of each matchup as well. So before we move in to our Week 11 recap of Legion of Doom, we always like to recap our standings. And so moving into Week 11, this was your standings before uh, Week 11. We had Robbie's RKO sitting at the top at 7-3. and three. We had BJ Sweet Chin Music sitting at uh, seed number 2 at 7-3. and three. In the third position, we had Derek's Mendable Claw sitting at seven and three. In the fourth position in the standings, we had Kelby's Rock Bottom sitting at six and four. Then you had Mitchell's Vertebreaker at five and five, Greg's Bro Kick at four and six, 
Ben's stink face at four and six, Marcus's stinger splash at four and six, Adam's hitman sharpshooter at three and seven, and Landon's diamond cutter at three and seven. So run it back one more time. One, Robbie. Two, BJ. Three, Derek. Four, Kelby. Five, Mitchell. Six, Greg. Seven, Ben. Eight, Marcus. Nine, Adam. Ten, Landon. Okay. And so, man, like I say, every single week, one thing I love about this league is that the standings are so close. Uh, you have, man, like four games separating the number one seed and the number 10 seed. And so it's anybody's – it's honestly however it plays out in the next three weeks is anybody's race for that championship spot, which we'll talk about here shortly. So jumping into our first matchup, you had Derek's Mandible Claw sitting at 7-3 and three versus Marcus's Stinger Splash at 4-6. and six. Mandible Claw looked to continue his unexpected comeback season as they had won four straight. Stinger Splash looked to turn his season around after some tough losses over the past five weeks. And so looking at Mandible Claw's team, top performers were Justin Herbert coming out balling with 42 fantasy points, Stefan Diggs with 18 fantasy points, and TJ Hawkinson with 11. Top disappointments for Mandible Claw was Michael Pittman with only four fantasy points, Emmanuel Sanders with five fantasy points, and Zach Moss with .5 fantasy points. Looking over on Stinger Splash's side, top performers for his team was Colt McCoy, 23 fantasy points, DeAndre Swift, 24 fantasy points, Devontae Adams, 30 fantasy points, and Darren Waller with 18. Top disappointments for Stinger Splash was Alex Collins with three fantasy points, Mike Davis once again disappointing Marcus to Steve with five fantasy points, and Brian Edwards with a goose egg with zero. However, the final score was Stinger Splash taking the win, 127 to 112, uh, breaking his five-game losing streak. And so, Marcus, first question real quick. How does it feel to break that losing streak? I thought you was going to ask me, how's it feel to keep starting Mike Davis? <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. That may be why uh, you have that five-game losing streak. It is. Uh, but, yeah, the, to break the streak, man, it 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 feels great. Uh, probably going to start one back this week as I've got a tough matchup. Uh, but, but to get to, you know, to finally get on the other side of that, I started four and one and then lost five in a row. So, uh, you know, feels even even a little better to end it against Derek. So, hey. <laughs> it was a good matchup. So, Marcus, in this matchup, we saw two of the tight ends in Dynasty face off in Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson. Uh, your honest opinion, how important is it to have one of those top-tier tight ends such as a Kelsey, Kittle, Hawkinson, Waller, Pitts? Uh, if you didn't have one, what kind of moves would you be will or what, what would you be willing to give up to acquire one? So, first part of the question is, how important is it to have one? Second part of the question is, if you didn't have one, what would you be willing to give up to acquire one? <laughs> I think it's tough. Uh, I, honestly, I think Kelsey Kittle, de- you know, dealt with a little bit of injury this year, but Kelsey sets himself apart. And I think he's had a bad game or two, but Kelsey on a week to week basis is going to give you an advantage because he's going to put up more points than whoever you're playing. Uh, I think Hawkinson, Kittle, Waller, like you said, Pitts, uh, they can do the same thing, but sometimes they have off weeks and, and can cost you a game. Uh, I traded away Gasecki to get Waller, and up to about the last two weeks, Gasecki's actually outpaced him. Uh, he's put up more points than Waller has, uh, you know, consistently. So, you know, I think uh, I think it's important, you know, if you can have one of those guys and count on them because it will give you an advantage, uh, you know, compared to you know trying to 
trying to find a tight end on the waiver wire each week. Uh, but as far as selling, uh, you know, if you're, if you're stacked at every other position and tight ends, the only place that you're lacking, uh, you know, I think you give up about whatever you need to, uh, especially if you could get one of those five guys, cause that's going to set your team apart, uh, on a week to week basis. Yeah, and that's something that me and you just talked about this past week. I know you sent me a, a trade offer for one of my top wide receivers for one of the top tight ends in the league right now. And, you know, I debated on it. I really did. But the thing about it is, is that with my team dynamic, I couldn't lose one of those top, top wide receivers when I've already lost Calvin Ridley. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you, man. Having one of those top tight ends, it's, it helps you out a lot. Uh, however, I'll be honest with you, having somebody like a Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, some of them old heads that were drafted mm-hmm. super late, uh, honestly, they're they're sitting up there in the top five right now as far as tight end scores go. Uh, so it's a I don't know, it's a weird dynamic because you want you want a secure tight end, somebody that would can give you points on a weekly basis. Uh, however, if you're trying to acquire one, all I will say is good luck. Uh, if you have one of the top options, you're not going to sell it just for the heck of it, uh, especially if you're a contender. And so you're going to be having to give up at least a first-round pick and probably another good piece on top of it. Uh, yeah. But anyways, Marcus, uh, take us through the second matchup real quick. All right. Uh, second match of the week, you had BJ's Sweet Chin Music versus Landon's Diamond Cutter. In this week 11 matchup, we saw a battle of the brother-in-laws. We had Sweet Chin Music come off a five-game winning streak, taking on Diamond Cutter, looking to make a late season push to make the playoffs. Top performer Sweet Chin is Tua Tungavaloa with 23 points, Dalvin Cook, 22 points, Chris Godwin with 19. Disappointments with C.D. Lamb. Uh, only had four points for going out with a concussion. Uh, Cole Komet with only two, and Bateman only putting up five. Uh, top performers for Diamond Cutter is James Conner, who's still leading the league in touchdowns, 20 points with Darnell Mooney with 25, Mark Ingram with 14. And looks like the only disappointment this week for Diamond Cutter was A.J. Brown with only nine points. Final scores, Diamond Cutter at 167, taking the win over Sweet Chin Music, putting up 112. All right, BJ, so conversation uh, a little bit here. Currently sitting at eighth place in the standings, only one game behind uh, the sixth place making the playoffs. Do you see Landon making it with the final three games of Breaker, Stinger Splash, and RKO? Man, it's going to be tough. Uh, uh, I talked to Lennon about this. I think it was last night or the night before. Uh, we hung out for a little bit and had a had a Christmas mission that I had to take care of for one of the gifts for the, the girls. And uh, the, as soon as I got in his car, the first thing out of his mouth was, how about that butt whooping I put on you this week? Man, I, I think Lennon's team's coming around. He's getting players back from injuries and stuff like that. Uh, he's currently sitting in eighth place, like you said. He's one game behind sixth place, which he can get into the playoffs with. Um his next three games, he's got some some tough opponents, and I think they're going to be key matchups. Uh, Verda Breaker is going to be a good matchup, honestly. Uh, I, I see Landon probably getting the win there. Uh, I hate to say that because I know Mitchell's team can actually end up outperforming anybody on a weekly basis. just depends on who hits and who don't. Uh, your matchup with them, Stinger Splash and RKO's matchup with them as well, those two are going to be the vital matchups because mm-hmm. you're in his matchup. Those are going to decide on who gets in the playoffs between you two. And yeah. then Robbie's going to be looking to play spoiler 
Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it comes down to that last matchup, though. Even if Landon loses against you, I still think he has a chance. The good and, thing, the good thing, Landon's got uh, is the the week that he hits me is going to be uh, Devontae Adams by week. So I'm gonna be struggling to, uh, you know, find finding receivers to start that week. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. These late these late season bye weeks, I hate them. Uh, Suck. The good thing about Legion of Doom is, is that we don't start our playoffs until week 15, with that extra week being added in this year. However, I'm in about three leagues this year that their playoffs actually start week 14, which is Jonathan Taylor's bye week. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of teams are gonna be struggling. Yep. So going into our third matchup, we had Adams Hitman Sharpshooter at three and seven versus Greg's Bro Kick at four and six. In this matchup, we saw two teams that have fallen off after a hot start. Hitman Sharpshooter looked to find another win after he led Legion of Doom in scoring in week 10. And Bro Kick looked to break a three-game losing streak as he got David Montgomery back this week. So top performers for Hitman Sharpshooter was Tyreek Hill giving him 20 fantasy points. And Adam actually started Elijah Moore, which gave him 31 fantasy points. So, good job, Adam. Top disappointments for Adam's team, the Hitman Sharpshooter, though, was Patrick Mahomes falling off once again, giving him six fantasy points. The Ernest Johnson giving him two fantasy points. Miko Hardman giving him four fantasy points. And Marcus Johnson giving him zero fantasy points after leaving with a hamstring injury. Top performers for Bro Kick, though, was Jonathan Taylor, 54 fantasy points. Aaron Rodgers, 42 fantasy points. Miles Gaskin, 18 fantasy points, once again producing on an odd week. Top disappointments for Bro Kick, though, was Michael Carter, 7 fantasy points. David Montgomery, 7 fantasy points. And Kyle Pitts, 5 fantasy points. Final score was Bro Kick, 182. Hitman Sharpshooter, 93. So, Marcus, with Greg outscoring Adam's entire team with just Aaron Rodgers and Jonathan Taylor, can we go ahead and say that Jonathan Taylor is the dynasty RB one now. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, the only uh, argument that you've got against that would be Christian McCaffrey and with his health issues over the last year. Uh, if you know, if you're drafting McCaffrey over Taylor, uh, you're not very smart. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one of those things, man, to where I know, I know it's going to be one of these things where there's two camps. You have your Christian McCaffrey camp, and you have your Jonathan Taylor camp. Uh, honestly, with Indianapolis's offensive line performing the way that they are, you, I think not just for recency bias, but I think you got to go Jonathan Taylor, which is crazy to me because, honestly, when we look back at our startup draft, okay, uh, the person that was over Greg's team before they, they left the league, they drafted Jonathan Taylor at 102. And mm-hmm. I rem- like in the startup draft, and I remember looking back last January and being like, what are you doing? You know, I think it was uh, January of this year, actually. And I remember yeah. looking back and being like, dude, you had Dalvin Cook. You had Saquon Barkley. Why did you choose Jonathan Taylor? And honestly, it's, it's paying out for Greg. Uh, he can end up having yep. the dynasty RB1 now. Uh, but also, I want to take this moment to have a moment of silence for the managers that drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jonathan Taylor in their rookie drafts <laughs> last year. But anyways, uh, so follow-up question too, Marcus. Has Elijah Moore officially broken out? And if so, where do you see him going forward? Is he a viable wide receiver three rest of the season? Uh, I think so. I think a wide receiver three or definitely a, you know, a flex option. Uh, the quarterback situation there, uh, 
is is kind of iffy. I think they said Zach Wilson's coming back this week. You really don't know, you know, if he can do what what Flacco's been doing or Mike White. Uh, but I definitely think he's broken out. And you know, of course, me as a an Ole Miss fan, uh, Homer, whatever you want to call it. There was several people that I talked to that said Elijah Moore would never make it. You know, in the NFL, he didn't have the size. All he was was a speedster, and he wasn't as good as Tyreek Hill and all this stuff. Uh, but, you know, Moore showing that he can do it at the next level. And I think, uh, you know, the right quarterback uh, under center, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, maybe even a top top 15 uh, receiver in the future. Nice. And that's the only thing that concerns me about that is that he hasn't done it with Zach Wilson yet. Yeah. Every game that he's performed well in has been with a backup quarterback. And so with Zach Wilson out there, I think he kind of downgrades Elijah Moore a little bit. Um, However, I'm being honest with you, I'm throwing him out there in a couple of leagues this week just because he's rejected 14, 15 points and is coming off of a five game performance of having double digits. And so I'm, I'm still throwing him out there. Uh, I think so. He got, What's he got, like four or five touchdowns over the last five weeks? I don't know, but it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, he's he's definitely put up big numbers. I think he's one of the most underrated rookie wide receivers right now. Uh, I think he's probably jumped Rondell Moore right there with him on my my rookie wide receiver rankings. All right, Marcus, take us through this fourth matchup. All right, we got Ben Stinkface at four and six against Mitchell's Vertebraker at five and five. Uh, we see stink face rising from the ashes of a terrible start. Uh, and he's facing off against a slumping vertebraker. Top performers for stink face this week was Joe Mixon with 24, Mark Andrews with 15, Saquon Barkley back with 12, Traquan Smith with 11. Uh, the disappointments on the other hand, Joe Burrow only put up 10, Darrell Williams with three, Kenyon Drake with two, and Kenny G only putting up two points. Top performers for Vertebraker was Jamison Crowder with 16, Terry McLaurin with 21, Travis Kelsey with 18. Top disappointments for Vertebraker was Ryan Tannehill with 10 points with four interceptions, T. Higgins with three points, and Brandon Cooks with three points. Vertebraker took the win, though, 96 over Stink Faces, 90. All right, BJ, T. Higgins. Uh, only scoring three points in the past week is now uh, your chance to buy low? Or do you think he bounces back even with Jamar Chase demanding so many targets on a weekly basis? Yes, I've been debating on this. Uh, Man, I've wanted T. Higgins in a lot of leagues. I actually trade him away in our Yellowstone league that we're in for Clyde Edwards-Alaire just because I need some running back help with Saquon being injured, Uh, which is kind of ironic because Clyde Edwards-Alaire was injured as well. Uh, but man, T Higgins, he's one of my favorite receivers as far as just watching him play and stuff. Uh, he's not a super physical receiver, but the thing about it is he is a solid wide receiver two, wide receiver three for a team. Uh, obviously Jamar chase will get his each and every week. Um, he'll demand targets, at least probably eight targets a game, but T Higgins in a PPR league, I'm, I'm trying to buy him right now. Uh, I think you'll end up having managers who panic. Um, honestly, I expect T. Higgins to have another bad week either this week or the next. And in doing so, I'll probably send out a couple of trade offers to see what happens. Uh, but T. Higgins, man, I like him. I think he's one of those uh, one of those wide receivers you can count on every single week with a with a high floor. Yeah, 
the only only thing that scares me with him is I watched that game and I'm actually uh, looked up the numbers early in that game. Uh, he Boyd looked to be taking a lot of targets from him. They ended up uh, Boyd went six for eight for 49 yards, and uh, that was the you know that was the you know the disc on the Bengals uh, wide receivers coming into the coming into the years. There was too many options, uh, and and I think that's kind of what's hurt. Uh, what's hurt Higgins over the last few weeks, you know, you got chase who demands, you know, targets, you got Boyd kind of coming back and you got Higgins, uh, and you've got the tight end that I won't even try to pronounce his name, <laughs> but you know, you've got, uh, mixing out of the backfield. There, there is a lot of options, uh, for Joe Burrow, uh, which is, you know, it's a good thing because they're moving the ball down the field. They're scoring, uh, you know, scoring a lot of touchdowns each week, but, uh, I definitely own Higgins in three leagues, I believe. And, uh, you know, I think he's, I think he's, you know, a viable, you know, wide receiver too, for, for sure. Yep. So that moves us into our main event of the week. We had the Viper versus the Brahma bull, Robbie's RKO was sitting at seven and three versus Kelby's rock bottom is at six and four. Uh, the, this week in the main event, we saw two powerhouses go against one another in a battle for the top seed. We had rock bottom who was coming off a three game win streak face off against the top dog RKO. So looking at RKO's team, top performers was Nick Chubb, 22 fantasy points, Adam Thielen, 22 fantasy points, Deontay Johnson, 23 fantasy points and Mike Evans, 20 fantasy points. Top disappointments for RKO was Russell Wilson, only having seven fantasy points, Deontay Foreman, five fantasy points, and Dan Arnold, zero fantasy points. And uh, I know watching this matchup, with it being the main event, I kept my eye kind of close on it. Uh, I remember Robbie at one point was projected, what, like 80 85% chance to win. And it all came down to uh, Sunday night Mm -hmm. or Monday night. Uh, Sunday night, yeah. yeah. Chargers played Sunday came down night. to Sunday night, and I want to say Kelby had one player left to play, and that player was his top performer, Austin Eckler, giving him forty-one fantasy points. Uh, he also had top performers Justin Jefferson give him thirty-nine fantasy points, uh, making his case to be wide receiver one in dynasty once again. He had Jalen Waddle give him twenty fantasy points, and AJ Dillon give him fifteen. Top disappointments for rock bottom, though, was Hunter Henry with four fantasy points. Dak Prescott with 0.64 fantasy points. Hotty toddy. He started Amari Cooper with zero fantasy points because he was out for COVID. But even with that goose egg, rock bottom took the win, 140 to 129. So, Marcus, I wanted to break this down because we were asked to. Okay. On Tuesday, following his big win against RKO, Kelby, or rock bottom, immediately went to the league chat in search of a running back. After some back and forth with Ben, they came to a botbuster deal to give rock bottom a much-needed running back first playoff run. So let me break this deal down real quick, okay? All right. Ben received Ty Johnson, who is a potential starter for the next couple weeks with Michael Carter being sidelined for two to four weeks with an ankle sprain. So Ty Johnson, he received Derrick's 2022 second round pick, which as of right now, if the season ended, would be 206. And Kelby's 22 first round pick, which as of right now, would be the 108. So Ty Johnson, a mid to late second round and a late first round. And Kelby ended up receiving 
Daryl Williams, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So let me give my take on this real quick, and then I'll let you give your take on it. Uh, I, I see why Ben made this trade because Ben is currently in the standings at ninth seed at four and seven, uh, one game right now behind the uh, the sixth seed. And so I see why he would trade Clyde was Lair and Daryl Williams for a first, a second, and Ty Johnson. Um, in his mind, I can almost guarantee he thinks that Ty Johnson is going to be a starter there, and he'll probably get as many points as Clyde Edwards Lair. Plus, Edwards Lair is on a bye this week, and he needs the points now. And so I get that. But as far as dynasty goes, uh, in my opinion, I lean the Clyde Edwards Lair Daryl Williams side. The reason I say that is is because obviously, no matter how bad Clyde Edwards Lair has looked this past year, Kansas City still trusts that man. Uh, they still put the ball in his hands, even though he gets a stupid taunting call of pointing at a guy going into the end zone. Uh, but basically what it was is you had Clyde Edwards Lair giving up for a first and a second and Ty Johnson with Darrell Williams thrown in. Uh, for me, I still have faith in Clyde. I think he's a top 20 uh, dynasty running back, in my opinion. Uh probably sitting right there around the 19, 20 range of that, so not just terribly high. But the thing about it is, in my honest opinion, I think Kelby bought low on on Clyde. Uh, But I think it could actually end up playing out for Ben. Uh, I think that Ben's not going to be able to get a running back like Clyde Edwards Lair at 108, but I think he'll be able to get a good starting receiver. But the good news is is that Ben also has four first-round draft picks now next year. And so even if Ben bombs the next couple of games, and ends up getting that first or second draft pick, then he's he's sitting pretty, you know. So I can't really crap on it too much. Uh, I still think that that Ben it was a, it was a fair trade and it was a decent trade. If it just if it was my team, I'd probably try to hold Clyde for a little bit. But he may end up proving me wrong and selling him before he slumps, you know. Yeah. What, what do you think on it? Uh, I mean, I can see both sides, like you said. I mean, Ben's he's set midway. And we've already talked about, you know, either you make the playoffs or, you know, you want the draft picks. Um, you know, Ben having having four picks, that's, uh, you know, it's really going to set his team up nice if, if, you know, he hits on all four of those picks uh, with the players he's got coming back. He's going to be he's going to be tough. <laughs> you know, it'd be tough for for years to come. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, Ben's always one of those guys who's making some trades draft days. So when we do a rookie draft next year, you're going to have some people who want to get into that first round and yep. Ben can get who he wants. And then he can use those other picks as trade bait. Uh, you've got, I know there's two or three teams in our league that doesn't even have a first round pick. So they're, you know, they're going to be itching. Uh, <laughs> I think Ben, uh, one thing that he's got for going for him is you got a lot of old Miss fans. Uh, and you go have Matt Corral, you know, wherever he ends up, you got Matt Corral sitting there. I mean, some of these guys are willing to give up a lot to get one of those first round picks to get Matt Corral. So being setting, setting pretty. And, uh, I agree. I think Ty Johnson, you know, he, he's going to be, you know, pass catching out of the, out of the backfield. He'll be decent. Uh, but Kelby on the other hand, uh, I think it, it made his team a contender to win the league this year because mm-hmm. he's got AJ Dillon starting right now. Uh, which I think is a flex option, even when, when Aaron Jones comes back. Uh, Dylan has has showed that, you know, he's got a he's got a part in that offense and they're gonna give him the ball. 
Uh, but once Aaron Jones comes back, he's not that RB two uh, yeah. to where CEH is. And the good thing about it is, is he got his handcuffs. So CEH goes back down. Mm-hmm. You've got a RB two regardless. Uh, so both sides of it, I would probably lean the uh, same way you did. I think I think Kelby come out better. Uh, but you know, either way, both teams going forward, I think would be really happy with the trade that they made. Yeah, and right now, man, it it solidifies Kelby's team for a playoff run. Yeah. Uh, his team currently is, I think he's got Dak Prescott, and I think he's got Tom Brady as well. Uh, and then his running back core is Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, A.J. Dillon. And so it gives him that RB3, RB2 on his team. His mm-hmm. receivers is what's crazy. You got D.K. Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, dude stacked at receiver, and then his tight end is Dalton Schultz. And yeah. so if if anybody can win this league, he's got the team to do it. And yeah. but he's got a couple of power or a couple of uh tough teams standing in his way though. So we'll see how the next couple of weeks play out. Uh but going through the Legion of Doom current standings, you have Robbie still sitting at one with seven and four. BJ sitting at two still, seven and four, despite losing a game. Uh, you have Kelby at seven and four, moving up a spot to three. At four, you have Derek falling to seven and four. You have Mitchell at five at six and five. At the sixth spot, you have Greg at five and six. Seventh, you have Marcus at five and six. Eight, you have Landon at four and seven. Nine, you have Ben at four and seven. And Adam, you have at the tenth spot, rounding it out at three and eight. So running back, you have Robbie, BJ, Kelby, Derek, Mitchell, Greg, Marcus, Landon, Ben, Adam. And so, with only three weeks left before playoffs going forward, over the next few weeks, the bottom four teams will be eliminated from the playoff race. And so, the way that we do it here in the Legion of Doom is, is these bottom four teams, as soon as playoffs start, those draft picks are locked. And so, for instance, it is based on your regular season standings. Read it in the bylaws. So, if the season ended right now, You'd have Adam having the 101, Ben having the 102, Landon having the 103, and Marcus having the 104. But you have uh, the playoff race coming up, and it's a tight race. Um, Some of the top teams look stale this past week. You had Robbie taking the L, BJ taking the L, Derek taking the L. Uh, You had Greg with a great performance with with Jonathan Taylor's 50-point performance. But also, you have Landon hitting a resurgent of recent with strong wide receiver performance and a strong running back core. Can he get hot and can he make the playoffs? So next week's matchups real quick. Let's run through these and then we will go into our special guest introduction. Uh, Next week in week 12, you have Sweet Chin Music versus Rock Bottom for the two and three seed facing off against each other. You have Hitman Sharpshooter versus Mandible Claw. Adam is looking to play spoiler for uh, Derek and try to knock him out of the playoff run. You have Stinger Splash and Bro Kick, a little father-son duo there. You have Stink Face versus RKO, so we'll see how that plays out for Ben and Robbie. But for the main event of the week, I'm titling it a tale of two injuries. You have Diamond Cutter versus Vertebreaker. And this Week 12 matchup will have two teams face off who have both dealt with injuries this season. Diamond Cutters has A.J. Brown and CMC both deal with injuries throughout the season, as well as losing his RB2 Raheem Mostert for the season and Chris Carson. 
Vertebreaker lost their running back, Derrick Henry, for multiple weeks due to a foot injury. So making his playoff run, you have Mitchell on the verge of falling out. No, Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mitchell on the verge of falling out right now on seed number five. And you have Landon at eight trying to get in. So this is one of the most important matchups of the week. We'll see how it plays out. All right, Marcus, you ready to introduce our special guest? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Call him in from the other room. <laughs> Every now and then, we like to invite a member of our home dynasty league, the Legion of Doom, to join in on the podcast and just give their takes on players and send a message to their league mates. So this week, we welcome the newest member of Legion of Doom. He's a sophomore in high school, starts at wide receiver for his high school football team, been a beast at baseball ever since T-ball. He's a member of our youth group, and he's only been driving for a year, but he's had about three times more vehicles than me. And he's also Marcus's firstborn son. Let's welcome me in, Greg Raper. Greg, how was that introduction, man? That was pretty good. Thanks, dude. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you're looking for enthusiasm from Greg, you're probably not going to get it. Uh, he's a he's a high school kid, and so uh, this is about the the loudest that he gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a had a last last minute cancellation from Derek. Uh, they're they're actually getting ready to go to the Egg Bowl Thursday, so they had to I think move some move some Thanksgiving dinners around. So Greg's a last minute fill in. So uh, you know it is is what it is. Yeah. So Greg, how how you like being on your first podcast, man? Uh, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I could, <laughs> that's how we feel too. Honestly, uh, how many more views do you think we'll get just because you're on here? Yeah, if I post it on my story, about five hundred. See, there we go, man. That's all we need. You know, let's get we'll get paid because of this, Greg, and then we'll split it with you, okay? <laughs> all right. All right. So before we jump into this episode, Greg, we've got a fun segment here in a minute, man. We'd like to ask our guests some questions just so the audience can get to kind of know your fantasy football credentials and a little bit of your background and stuff. So, Greg, how long have you been playing fantasy football? Like five years. Oh, five years, man. And so how old are you right now? Uh, 16. Yeah, so you've been playing fantasy football since you were 11. That's probably the earliest that I can say that most people can say. Uh, so I would ask you this question. When did you first get into the Dynasty? But the obvious answer is, is that Legion of Doom is your first Dynasty League, right? Yeah. All right, so let me ask you this question. It's not on the show, Doc, and it's just a random question. How do you feel about your team so far? Pretty good. I'm an underdog. You are an underdog. Uh, if you guys don't know, Greg actually took over an orphan team in our league. Uh, we had a previous manager have some stuff come up in life, so he ended up having to lead the league. Uh, but Greg's team's pretty solid, man. He's got Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Uh, he's got Jonathan Taylor, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that dude's a beast. You got Jamar Chase. So, honestly, you got the wide receiver one and the running back one, in my opinion. And so you can't really do much better than that. He, he outscored everybody uh, in the league. This yeah. week, this past week, I think you put up what like 180 points. Yeah, it was like 190. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Greg, uh, follow up question, man. Who's your favorite player in the NFL right now? I know the obvious answer used to be Cam Newton, but oh, who yeah. is it? who is it now? Probably Joe Burrow right now. All right, so I'm gonna ask you this question, okay? Why Joe Burrow? And don't tell me the, the answer, oh, he's a pimp and all this kind of stuff. No, why Why do you like Joe Burrow? Why is he your favorite player? Uh, because he's so cocky and he's good. No, I'll give you that, man. That's one thing about Joe Burrow, which I know you used to play basketball and stuff. You can probably relate to this. But when Joe Burrow is hot, man, like he's hot. But when he's cold, he sucks. But that's one of those things, man, is that he he's kind of an underdog too. To where after tearing his ACL last year, dude has come back this year and he is balling. 
Uh, so random question, Greg. This is kind of a Thanksgiving related question. If you had to choose, what is your best Thanksgiving side dish? What's the one that you choose over all others? Probably mashed potatoes. All right. So why mashed potatoes? Why not go the obvious answer with mac and cheese? Uh, I don't know. I'm different. All right, man. Hey, Greg, you, you do you. Greg, Greg really only eats like five things. <laughs> I think like, that's like most s- kids at high school. Ham, but his turkey, is expensive. Macaroni. Yeah. <laughs> steak. Uh, steak. Oh, we're not talking Thanksgiving. No, so, I meant like like Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, but no, yeah, steak. Like we go out and eat. You know, he he wants the New York strip or the filet mignon. <laughs> you know, he, it's not chicken nuggets or chicken strips. He wants uh, you know, one of the highest things on the menu. We actually went out and eat for his birthday last night. What did you get? Chicken Alfredo? A little, yeah. a little cheaper. I got the the New York strip. So he uh, he dressed up and uh, one of our fellow league mate, Ben McCarthy. Uh, <laughs> Greg Greg had he said Greg had almost outgrown him. This was like a year or two ago, and uh, so Ben gave him a bunch of clothes. And uh, you know Ben Ben's a pretty spiffy dude. He had like a dress jacket. So Greg Greg put it on a dress coat, whatever you call it. And uh, Chandler Johnson, uh, another friend of his, that uh, we went we went out and eat. Chandler dressed up so they looked like some old Miss frat boys uh, in Tupelo on a Monday night eating uh, dinner. Nice. Uh, all right, look, look, just for Thanksgiving related question, real quick before we move on, can we just all agree that deviled eggs is the worst Thanksgiving side dish? Yeah. The BJ. smell is awful. Next time I see you, I'm, I mean, I'm going to have to, like, slap you. Oh, man. No, deviled dude. eggs, that is, I mean, I can eat a dozen deviled eggs uh, every Thanksgiving. It has to be the worst smelling thing ever. Dude, I, I think that's what well, it I mean, is. Like, after, the taste of it's okay. The smell's terrible. After it you is. eat a dozen of them, it, they, it really stinks, but it's no longer <laughs> the eggs. <laughs> if you've ever taken a chemistry class, you know what sulfur smells like? And it smells yeah. just like the aftermath of deviled eggs. Man, I love deviled eggs. Well, you get to eat some here in about two days, Marcus. Yeah, uh, tomorrow. We have, <laughs> we have an early one on Wednesday night, so. All right, man. So look, uh, this week we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, every episode we try to have this little like fun segment to kind of give people a break from the information overload. And so this week what we decided to do is we want to take a minute and talk about some contenders for the Super Bowl. And we actually wanted to choose who we think has the best chances to take home the championship this year. So for this week, we'll be t- participating in a snake draft of who our favorite Super Bowl contender is. And so basically what we'll be doing is we'll be going three by three. And so the first round will be pick one, pick two, pick three. We'll choose who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. After that, we'll flip off the order. Let's say we do, we all think, four picks apiece. I'm good with that. All right, cool. But listen, so we got to make it interesting. So what we're going to do here, Greg, I don't think you know about this yet. Me and Marcus mm-hmm. talked, and whatever team wins the Super Bowl, whoever chose that team gets a $10 Strange Brew gift card. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we can go with that. All right. So, so Greg's. Oh, go ahead. Mark. So what's your? But we're talking about Strange Brew. Only our local folks will know we've got one in in Starkville and Oxford. I, or uh, is there one in Oxford and then one in Tupelo? Is there three of them? Or is it just, just no? It's just Starkville and Tupelo. Anyways, so what? What's your? What's your go-to BJ at Strange Brew? I like the home brew, man. Uh, yeah. the, the Mississippi roasted drip coffee. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the Darth Mocha is pretty good, just because I like dark chocolate. But I never tried that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. And there's one with like salted caramel in it. It's pretty good too. That's that's the dude, isn't it, Greg? No. Is that what's, what, the, what's in the one you get? Uh the date uh no clue. It's got like chocolate and coffee. 
Uh, Greg's just the dude. Mine's the albino rhino. I like the blueberry. I just like the names. It's different. The Mocha Bianca is pretty good, too. It is. I think the one is it. It's not a sea turtle that I'm thinking of. I don't know what it is. Yeah. That's it one, is. Yeah. Salt and stuff, it is. It is oh, okay. a sea turtle. Yeah. It's nice. I like it. But um, yeah, I like the homebrew. I get. I actually went there today. Got one with one cream, two sweet and lows, and I actually let it get cold because I was on the phone all afternoon, and ended up had to pour it out, and it was a heartbreaking moment for me. So you're that guy that specifies exactly how much of this and this and this in it. Oh, sometimes that's, it depends. That's what depends. <laughs> Luana sent me to Starbucks, and she's like, "Hey, uh, I want." Da 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 with one of this and two of this. No, no, no. Them. I don't do that. I don't do that. I'm not the I'm not the one pump. I'm, I'm order a drink and you Yeah, we ain't doing all that. Just take it like it comes or I ain't ordering it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Greg, since you're the guest, man, you get to choose where you want to draft from. You want to draft from the one seed, the two seed, or the three seed. Which one? The three. Oh, nice. Okay. So you you want to choose third at the turn, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, so Marcus, me and you get to choose one and two. So, do you want to do rock paper scissors for this, or how you want to do it? Man, I'm good with with whatever, however you want to do it. All right, I'll give you one. I'll you, take you, two. Okay. All right, sweet. Cause uh, I, don't 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 be a homer here and choose your boys first. Oh, that's. I mean, if I got the first pick, I'm I'm going with the Green Bay Packers, no doubt. Nice. I like it. A- Aaron Rodgers is going out on a high note before he goes to Pittsburgh. Hey. You know, man, I would not expect anything less from you, Marcus. Uh, <laughs> man, honestly, Green Bay probably does have a good chance to at least make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't see many people standing in their way. Uh, if you look in the show, Doc, I actually have like the AFC playoff picture posted yeah. in there in the NFC. And so right now, the only team that has a better record in the NFC than Green Bay is Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I am not choosing them as my second as my first pick in the uh, of this draft. Green Bay held their held their own fate till they lose to the Vikings Sunday. I mean, I don't know I don't what know. happened there. All right, Who so you going with BJ? It's a team that there's a team I want to choose right here, but I'm not going to because I think it's going to fall back to me. But I'm going to go with. Tampa Tom yeah, and go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the only reason I'm doing this is because I have realized that you do not doubt Tom Brady in the playoffs. And so that uh, that offense is starting to click. I'm uh, hoping that Antonio Brown can get this fake vaccination card uh, handled <laughs> and everything. Uh, that sounds like somebody from or something that somebody from our neck of the woods would probably handle. For uh, sure. But uh, their offense still looks good even without him. Uh, and that defense, man, is stacked right now. And, and Gronk, so. Gronk looked good uh, last night. I think he was even talking about it on uh, Fantasy Footballers. He he looked he had some pep in his step. He did. Uh, Gronk gets healthy and AB gets back. I mean, honestly, they're the favorite to do it again. So yeah, even if AB don't get back, man, they still got a couple of young yeah. wide receivers like Tyler Johnson and um, well, and uh, Scotty Miller. He ain't played all year. He's he's been hurting on IR, man. That dude showed out in the playoffs last year. Yep, and then that run game is still looking good too. All right, Greg, who's that? Who's that first pick, man? Uh, I'm probably have to go with the Chargers. Oh man, I like it. All right, so why the Chargers, Greg? Uh, Justin Herbert's pretty good, and I don't really know. Austin Eckler. He's he's good running back. He is, and that's a they, they look good. They do their offense. Uh, when did they play? Was it Sunday night or Monday night? Sunday, Sunday night. night. Yeah, yeah, they they, they looked fantastic, good. man. And yeah, the so, 
Steelers defense has been looking, you know, decent. I know they had a lot of injuries. I think Watt didn't play and uh, a couple of their defensive backs, but still, I mean, to, you know, Herbert was throwing all over them. Eckler was running all over them. Their offense, when it's on, Mike Williams is producing. They're tough to beat. Yep, and uh, uh, the record right now for the Chargers is 6-4. and four. They are second in the AFC West, but I think they're actually one of the wild card spots right now if playoffs ended. And so they would yep. get in. They would have a tough matchup there, I'm sure, against a, a number one seed like Tennessee. But honestly, Tennessee kind of sucks right now, so it's actually not a bad pick at all. Uh, that was the first AFC pick. Uh, real quick, before we get into this second round little turn, uh, who, which uh, conference do you think has the best offenses? Or as far as the best teams, are you a are you an AFC guy or an NFC guy? Take take the Packers out of it, Marcus. Don't pretend like pretend like I you're an unbiased opinion. I still think, man, and 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 not hating on them because Belichick's got them back to where they used to be. Uh, but with Tom Brady off the Patriots and the Chiefs defense not looking great, offense don't look great either. I mean, I'm going NFC even even with the Packers out of it. Uh, you got the Cowboys that look kind of spotty, but, I mean, you've got the Cardinals, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, the Rams, and the Vikings who just beat the Packers. Yeah. Uh, you got the 49ers who look who look decent, you know, uh, with Garoppolo. Uh, and you look at those top teams in the AFC, I mean, the Titans without Henry, the Ravens, you know, once Lamar gets back will be better. I um, mean, the Patriots, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know that they don't look like the best team in the AFC right now. Because uh, their defense, you you can't score on them. Yeah, and that's the thing. If I had to choose kind of NFC or AFC, I like NFC as far as well-rounded teams, uh, teams that have a good defense and a good offense that kind of complement each other. As far as AFC goes, their offense is really what carries them, uh, just like what yeah. Greg just chose the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers yeah. defense, yeah, they're still good, but that offense is explosive right now. All right, Greg, so we're making the turn, man. Who are you choosing at 201? Uh Golly, I don't really know. Uh, I'd probably say the Cardinals. Oh, nice. Going with the, the best record there. All right, so with the Cardinals struggling here lately because, you know, Kyler's been hurt. DeAndre Hopkins has been hurt. Uh, I want to say, who was it, Chase Edmonds? He's supposed to be coming off an hour hopefully next week. Yeah, uh, yeah, they said he'd be back after they uh, come back off their bye week. Yep. And so, Greg, with that offense kind of – not, I don't want to say necessarily struggling the past couple of weeks, but they've had a lot of injuries and stuff. What do you think is going to turn them around and give them that Super Bowl push? Oh, and Kyler Murray comes back. Yeah, I agree. And I sure. think, uh, honestly, Colt McCoy kind of surprised me this past week. Uh, I, I had to start him. I had to start him in a Superflex league and ended up winning because he put up like, what, 20 something points? Well, I was scared to death because uh, Sunday morning I've got Murray, of course. Last thing I seen, they said he was going to play. Well, like, I guess it was into Sunday morning. I just didn't look good enough. They said he was trending downward. And, of course, every backup on my team's got a 12 o'clock matchup. We get out of church at, you know, 12, 15 most Sunday mornings, and everybody started. So I had to pick up Colt McCoy, and uh, I think I beat Derek by, like, 20-something points. I mean, if, if you know, Colt would have had a bad day, Derek would have beat me. But I think he put up 23, 24 points, which, you know, led me to a victory this week. So. Hey, man, if it works, it works. All right, All right, so for 202, I'm going with a team that ain't really had their stuff together here lately. They are sitting first in their division with a record of 7-3, and three, and I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, 
man, I like a lot of Lamar Jackson. He's turned out to be one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch right now. Uh, the development that he that he's had in the passing game and actually becoming more of an, an actual passing quarterback, which is crazy. Uh, he looks good. They found a way to win this past week with who was it? Tyler Huntley, I think his nickname Snoop. Yeah. Uh, they found a way to win with him this past week, but and they ain't really got a running game outside of Lamar. But Baltimore, man, I like them. Uh, I I almost went with a different team, but I just wanted to root for Baltimore in the playoffs. So. Well, uh, I got the next pick, and, and I can't believe they fell this far. Uh, defense, as I said, don't look great, but, you know, uh, Patty Mahomes, uh, you can't go against him, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs uh, to take probably the only AFC team that I'll take. Uh, but I think the Chiefs has got a good chance to, to you know, get there. And once they do, uh, with CEH getting healthy, I think they can uh, they can make a run in the playoffs as well. Yeah, I was really, really close to choosing Kansas City there, but I really wanted Baltimore just because I wanted to kind of, like, root for them, and I didn't figure they'd make it back to me. So, yeah, I like that, man. I think Patrick Mahomes, uh, man, he's he's got it rolling some weeks, and then some weeks he just looks terrible. Uh, but honestly, I think whenever it's, it's playoff push and whenever it's time to actually compete and it's either you win or you go home, he usually finds a way to win. Uh, last year, obviously, he didn't with the Tampa Bay game in the Super Bowl. But honestly, that he still performed really, really well in that Super Bowl game, uh, despite yeah. not having an offensive line. True. Uh, I get the back to back here. I'm gonna go with uh, go with the Rams. I think nice. once they figure out what's uh, you know what they're gonna do with Odell, and and they get everything figured out with uh, with Beckham uh, in there. Losing Woods hurt them, but I think uh, I think Van Jefferson's going to step up. Their running game looks great. Uh, I think Stafford, you know, was a huge upgrade there at quarterback. And of course, they put all the stock into these defensive players. Uh, so I think their defense will turn around the next three or four weeks. And you know, barring no more in- injuries, uh, I, th- I think the Rams will be uh, be in the conversation as well. I like it, and that's and the only thing that kind of held me off of them was the Robert Woods injury. Uh, yeah. I, I think before that, they had a fantastic chance to make it. Um, but, I mean, honestly, Odell could end up being just as good as Robert Woods was. Uh, yeah. It just kind of depends on how the next couple weeks goes. Man, so right now, I'm kind of torn. I don't know who I want. Uh, I could go NFC here and go with a team that has a pretty stout offense and defense or – switch it up and just steal a team because I want to take Greg off. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, let me, let me just go with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they probably ain't going to win the Super Bowl. Let's just be honest. The Dallas and Super Bowl shouldn't even be in the same conversation right now. But, uh, you know, that offense, <laughs> that offense was against Roland. Uh, they're, they're one of the best offenses in the league. Despite Dak Prescott only putting up point sixty four fantasy points this past week, uh, he's so, he's so wishy washy, man. And I'm not saying that just because I'm an old Miss fan, but he comes out one week and looks like you know top three quarterback in the league, and he'll do it for a couple weeks, and then the next time he looks like he can't complete a pass. Uh, and I know they you know was missing Cooper, but they still had all the receivers, mm-hmm. uh, people to throw the ball to. Of course, Zeke uh, Zeke got hurt, and it, uh, you know he come back there at the end. But I mean that wasn't no excuse. Dak just looked horrible this past week. Yep, he did. 
All right, Greg, you get back-to-back picks, man. This is going to be your last two picks, so round that out for us. I'll probably go the Patriots with this pick right here, just because Belichick. <laughs> so nice. Hey, if anybody hey. can lead that team to the Super Bowl, yeah, it would be Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah. How how good does, does Mac Jones look right now? Honestly, he's playing the best out of any other other rookie or rookie quarterbacks. Everybody uh, said that he, you know, that when he come in, they was like, man, they they shouldn't have took him there. He's not a pro quarterback. He's a game manager, and they've got a stout run game. And they they you know went away from that some Thursday night, which I, of course they was playing the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, you know, he looked like Tom Brady. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the throws he was making too. He was he was making those throws. Yeah. Uh, as far as man, all they got to do is go into the draft next year, draft one of those stud wide receivers, and then they will yeah. be set for the future. All right, Greg, who's this last pick? I'm pretty sure I almost know who it is, but who uh, is yeah. it? I'm going with the Bengals. Nah, it's going with Cincy. Yeah, when Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are on, they got like the best offense in the league. They do, and that's the thing, man. Uh, let's see. Right now, they're sitting at six and four. They're second, like I said, in the AFC North. Uh, thing about it is, man, people overlook Joe Mixon too. But he's that good. guy's that guy's sitting at what, like running back five or six on the year, probably. He's, so he's top five, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, sure. I mean, you can't really stop that offense. All right. So for my final pick here, and this ten dollar uh, strange brew gift card. I am not going Tennessee Titans because I don't think they can make it through playoffs. Even though they may get, they may get Derrick Henry back for the playoff push. Uh, I'm going to go with a team that I think is one of the biggest underdogs as far as playoffs go, and especially in the NFL, a team that has no run game, but they will next year when they draft Isaiah Spiller or Brees Hall. And I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that defense is pretty stacked. Uh, but mostly I'm only choosing the Buffalo Bills because I really like Josh Allen and I would like to see uh I would like to see him go out and just ball out and win a Super Bowl. All right, Marcus. Uh last pick, last pick of the draft. Well, I was gonna go Bills there. I figured they wouldn't get back to me. Uh but just from what I've been watching over the last few weeks, and this is by far a dark horse. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna make our guests from last week happy uh, because with that run game in Indianapolis, I think the Colts. Uh, it's a long shot, but out of the teams that are left, uh, I think the Colts has got one of the best chances uh, to be one of those wild card teams that that go and win it all. Nice, and see, man, that's the thing. I know I could see Tennessee actually having a decent chance of of making it, like getting Derrick Henry back from that injury and actually doing something. Uh, but man, I like Indianapolis. I think that they honestly, I think that they're about a receiver or two away from being a continuous Super Bowl candidate. Uh, but, but yeah, like I said, let me run through the teams real quick. Greg's selections. Now remember, like I said, whatever NFL team wins the Super Bowl, whoever chose them gets a ten dollars Strange Brew gift card and bragging rights in this contest. Okay, and I'm sure that that's more important than the Strange Brew gift card to Greg. And oh, yeah. so Greg's selections was the Los Angeles Chargers the Arizona Cardinals, the New England Patriots, and the Cincinnati Bengals. It's pretty good selections, Greg. Marcus's selections was the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, As far as powerhouses, I think Marcus probably has the most powerhouses on his team. Uh, My selections was 
Tampa Bay, Baltimore Ravens, Dallas Cowboys, and the Buffalo Bills. So just just to to throw it out there, I looked up Vegas odds, and the top five teams according to Vegas is Tampa Bay with the best odds, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Rams, and the Cardinals. They've actually got the Packers at number six. Uh, so that's that's according to Vegas, and Vegas, you know, they they usually get pretty close there. Greg, Greg, too. Uh, we know you got an honorable mention there that that's sitting at the bottom of that NFC. Uh, there, what oh, you yeah. what your boy, what your boy Cam Newton gonna do? He's gonna win it, <laughs> dude. I would I would love to see it. I ain't gonna lie, it it, it would be sweet. Panthers on a comeback. Yeah, I mean with McCaffrey healthy, they they can put up points. They got, they got DJ Moore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I traded for DJ Moore two in two leagues this past week, and so man, DJ Moore, I think he's one of the most underrated receivers out there. Really, he was all he was already a stud, and getting Cam back mm-hmm. is Cam hyper targets always has. Uh, so yeah, I mean he's he's fixing blow up in fantasy. All right, Greg. So hey, man, before you leave tonight, I want to give you the opportunity. Do you got any message at all to the members of Legion of Doom? So, Legion of Doom members, listen up. This is a 16-year-old kid talking to you, and he's one of the best trash talkers that I know outside of Robbie. And so, Greg, just give me a short, simple little little comment here at the Legion of Doom. All right. I'm the best there ever was, the best there ever will be, and the best there ever is. <laughs> nice. You got it you got a little backwards. But hey, yeah. You stole, stole the hitman's punchline. Real oh. quick before we finish up, uh, before we finish up the end of the episode, Egg Bowl coming up. Greg, who's who's going to win? Oh, the Ole Miss, obviously. Uh, Ole Miss, obviously. I, I, man, I'm I'm kind of kind of concerned. Which Will every Rogers year I am. Overrated. <laughs> you heard it here. Will Will Rogers is is overrated. Uh, I th- I think the same thing. BJ, who's going to win the Egg Bowl? I think it's going to be close, man. I really do. Uh, uh, I want to say Ole Miss. I really do. And I think that's, that's how I'm going to end up going with. I'm going to say Ole Miss, but I'm going to say by, by like three. And I think what's going to end up winning it for them is that State cannot stop the run. And so I don't even think Matt Corral is going to have just a crazy good game. I think Sweet. that what is going to win it is, I think, Swoop and, e- and Ely. Is that his name? Yeah. Jerry yeah. Ely. I think their run game is going gonna to win it 30, for them. 37. 34 old Miss. Hey, I'd I love to see it. Uh, Greg, real quick before you leave, man, my wife just interrupted me and she wanted me to remind you that she beat you twice in one fantasy football league, all right? But uh, that's pretty much all we got for today's episode, man. We want to thank everybody once again for the support. Uh, we're able to grow our audience each and every week because of you guys, because y'all take time, y'all listen to this podcast, y'all actually engage with us on social media, uh, actually texting us, telling us ways that we can make this podcast better. So thank y'all. Y'all are what makes this thing rolling. Uh, if you if this is your first time listening, follow us over on Facebook at Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty Podcast, over on Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod. You can also give us an honest and genuine five-star review over on Apple Podcasts if you so choose. We look forward to continuing these episodes and putting out good quality content on a weekly basis. Marcus, let me get a hotty toddy real quick before we end this. Hotty toddy. All right, Greg, appreciate you, man. Thanks for being on this week. All right. All right, see you guys. See See ya.